I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sarah, and together we're the co-founders of Whale Tales, a living library of cetacean stories. Today, we're going to brush, 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 brush up on cetacean baleen. <laughs> Plus a super exciting humpback tale. So sit back and enjoy as we dive right in. tell that i talk about brushing your teeth a lot lately (laughs) (laughs) hello everyone it is time to talk about not teeth to talk about (laughs) baleen we are going to be diving into the parv order mysticeti which is all baleen whales if you'd like to know a little bit of Latin or Greek, as it was actually, because it's Greek <laughs> to start us off today, um, Mysticeti is the power of order name for baleen whales. Um, and it's a much more complicated name in terms of like etymology, where the word comes from, than Odontoses, which we were talking about last month. Best guess is that... In a book that Aristotle wrote, so we're going way back. Jesus. <laughs> um, this was his History of Animals. He ironically referred to whales in Greece that we now know as baleen whales as the mouse, the whale so-called. Oh, Greek, you're so fun. <laughs> this whole mouse-whale irony, because small animal, big animal. mm was then mistranslated to the Greek words homusticetos, which became the mysticetos. So often we're taught that mysticetes derive from the Greek for mustache and whale, which gives the mental image of the mustache being the baleen, but that doesn't seem to be true. So maybe it's a mustache, maybe it's a mouse. Or like... It was a mouse, but then they're like, but it also could be mustache, so then mm-hmm. it stuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. happy accident turned sure. into permanent name. Who go. knows? Yeah. Crazy I'm Greeks. pretty sure if you look into any other words that oh, are yeah. ancient Greek, you'll be like, this doesn't make sense either. Yep. So yep. it's fine. Yeah. I feel like they had a very different um, sense of humor than we do. Yes. <laughs> but you know, they were ancient. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So all baleen whales are whales, which is great. Um, because <laughs> the toothed whales is where you get the divisions into dolphins and porpoises, but they're all whales, and there are about fourteen species. It's a little complicated, but essentially, if we break it down, there's bowheads, all the various right whales, various minke whales, gray whales, humpbacks, fins. Then we've got blue whales, we've got say whales, and then we've got all the broodies whales, of which yeah. there are some species. Yeah. See our broodies <laughs> yes. whale episode, indeed. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, a pretty relatively small group of relatively closely related animals compared to the toothed whales, for sure. That are all like mostly shaped the same way. Yeah, exactly. There's like pretty similar body patterns with some exceptions and like they're all pretty big. Yeah. And they all have baleen. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Uh, So baleen, what does it look like and feel like if you've ever been on a whale watching boat or been to an aquarium or listened to other podcasts you've probably heard this very um well said sentence which is baleen is made from the same 
same substance as your fingernails, keratin. Um, but it is obviously not your fingernails unless you were one of those Guinness World Book people. Yeah. With those really long fingernails. Maybe. Maybe we should get those two together. Ooh. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Balian, when you look at it when it's dry or even when you look at it in a picture when it's wet, it looks like it would be softer. Yeah. Then it is, but it's not soft. It's fingernails. It's, so, yeah. yeah. It's like fingernails and then transitioning into like very stiff, like boar bristle yeah. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. keratin. So, they need yes. to eat. Was it jello that's good for your fingernails? Or is that just a myth that 90s uh, kids know? I think it's, yeah, like collagen theoretically. Collagen, but yeah. It's just but. having a generally healthy diet more than anything because collagen gets broken down. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, and the way that it works is, so we've been talking about baleen as like a singular thing, but it's actually like a network of individual baleen plates. So the best analogy to work with from an audio perspective, since podcasts are an audible medium, <laughs> and I can't show our listeners a picture. Our interpretive dance of bailing with <laughs> yeah. our fingers is yeah. not really helpful to you. Not picking up. <laughs> is to run your teeth along your top, oh, sorry, is to run your tongue along your top teeth. And then kind of in that, some of you may have a gap between your two front teeth, uh, or if you don't, just the sort of like imagined gap between your two front teeth, you're going to use that to kind of like divide the two halves of the top of your jaw. And we're going to call one, well, basically, we're going to call each of those halves a rack. So the teeth on your left top side and the teeth on your right top side, those are your two racks of right now teeth, but now activate your imagination and turn your teeth into that weird fingernail feeling bailing that Linz was talking about. And, but like hanging from the, yeah. where your teeth hang from. The way that I used yeah. to describe this when I was an interpreter, uh, both on a whale watch vessel and at an aquarium, and uh, I didn't have my baleen with me because sometimes I didn't, <laughs> was to picture how baleen kind of hangs in the mouth. Actually imagine that it was hanging from dental floss in between each of your teeth. Mm. So it goes in between and then there are gaps between it. So now you've got baleen acting as dental floss between your teeth. Now imagine your teeth are gone, but the baleen's still there. So there's gaps where your teeth used to be. There's baleen where you put your dental floss and it's hanging from your gums. Now you're a baleen whale, except you're a person listening to our podcast. You can be both. You can be both. Um, and there's nothing on your bottom jaw. The, you do have a tongue. That's important for how this is all going to actually work in terms of like feeding yourself as a baleen whale. But you don't have any teeth or baleen in the bottom. You just have a sort of like receded gum line, I guess, is the best way to think about it. Because those racks of baleen plates from your top jaw, when you close your mouth, it needs a place to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it kind of recedes into little kind of like grooves in your lower jaw to make a nice tight seal. And that is really important because to use these baleen racks that you have in your mouth as a baleen whale to actually get food, what you need to then do is take a big mouthful of water that hopefully has something to eat in it, like krill, sea 
last episode all about <laughs> krill if you want to know more about that um or if you're maybe a bigger whale you might be eating like some herring or other small schooling fish in there but either way what you're going to do is you're going to take a major major mouthful of water and then close your mouth and those baleen plates are going to kind of lock into place right now you don't want to swallow because salt water is not good for any mammal to drink in large quantities it will make any mammal's tummy hurt um but it's filled with yummy food so you're gonna take your giant big tongue and you're gonna try and kind of filter you could you know what we're all we're all people listening to this podcast we're not baleen whales but you can actually do kind of like what a baleen whale does with your teeth when you're swishing the water that you rinse your mouth with after brushing your teeth <laughs> it all comes back to brushing your teeth <laughs> i haven't pulled that one with my kids yet maybe that's how i can get my younger one to actually want to brush his teeth it's like be a baleen whale <laughs> um but when you kind of try and swish water around in your mouth after you brush your teeth and if you ever like try to like push it through your teeth kind of filter it through your teeth or like suck it back through your teeth is something I don't know I'm getting way into my teeth brushing now sorry this is way (laughs) down the rabbit hole um baleen whales will do that to push with their tongue the huge mouthful of water and food that they have taken into their mouth push that through the baleen the bristly mm-hmm. bits on the inside of the racks and plates of baleen keep and catch all of the food, whether it's krill or fish or, or plankton or whatever, and the water goes out through the spaces mm-hmm. between the baleen. And now the baleen whale has a really nice mouthful of food without too much salt water that it can swallow to give it the energy it needs to keep on being a whale. Hooray. Yeah. That was the thing that I think surprised me the most when I like saw baleen like sitting in a whale was that the the rough bristly part, like the really like the fine comb part is on the inside of their mouth, not the outside, because they filter they take a mouthful of water in and then push the water out. Yes. They're not like filtering as they go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then you yeah. have to yeah. be able to get your large whale tongue on the outside of your baleen. Exactly. Like when you're licking yeah. your lips as a human. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I'm debating between whether I want to recommend this video or not, but I think like visually this video is really, really fantastic. Um, I have some qualms with some of the audio and like video combination choices, but just for our listeners who maybe don't have an aquarium near them, have never seen baleen, aren't going whale watching, um, I find looking at images of baleen actually very confusing, even as someone mm-hmm. who understands how it works. But there's this TikTok video um, that, well, it's a TikTok of a YouTube video that has a full set. Well, it's, yeah, it has a big set or kind of a section of one of the racks of a gray whale's baleen. So it has lots of plates. So you can actually see the gaps between them. And the bristly bit that would be on the inside of the mouth is really, really well preserved and intact. And it's a beautifully shot video of a uh, a museum worker holding this rack mm. of baleen or this section of rack of baleen. Um, if I do recommend it, and if Sarah keeps this whole thing in the podcast, there are two disclaimers I will give. Number one, it oh, I said it was gray whale baleen. That's because they make a mistake in the video. It's actually humpback whale baleen, but they show a picture of a gray whale. And that's mm. my disclaimer number one. So it's humpback whale baleen, but they show a picture of a gray whale. And that's wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> disclaimer number two is the when the demonstrator is actually showing how they would take a big mouthful of water and then filter out. They do it the way you just said, Silva. Mm. They do it the way you just said, Sarah, with the bristly bits on the outside, which is yeah. incorrect. So you can cut all of that if you want, or if you keep it in, enjoy the video <laughs> with those disclaimers. You might be wondering how big can baleen be or how small can it be? So the animals with the longest pieces of baleen, like single plates of baleen, are the Greenland right whale. And their single plates of baleen can be 5.2 meters or 17 feet long, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Just wild. But, you know... Look at a right whale's head and you might understand. Gives me <laughs> such a better appreciation, like that, as a as a yeah. way to imagine how big a right whale is. Like, yeah. its mouth like, is almost 20 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's room for multiple 20 foot or like 17 foot long things. Like, that's like three people. Um, and then the shortest are gray whales. And they're anywhere from five to 40 centimeters, um, depending on like where they are along like, like with um, teeth, like our teeth are all different sizes. Their baleen are different sizes, depending on whereabouts in their mouth they are. Hmm. Um, yeah, so pretty small mm -hmm. comparison. Well, they have a smaller mouth, and they, they do, do have eat a smaller whale yeah. differently. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, they're a more lot like bottom filter feeders. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I have no yeah. idea if that's why I'm just hypothesizing off of this brand new information. Because yeah, you're a scientist. So, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. That's right. Taking guesses. Am a scientist. <laughs> so we know biggest and shortest but also who has the most and least because again these mouths are different sizes so unsurprisingly who has the most baleen can anybody make a guess i know i know you wrote this note i did so <laughs> you don't get to guess. it's blue whales what a surprise uh so blue whales may have up to 400 plates per rack yeah. of baleen which is absolutely so insane 800 plates total yes. right because they've got two racks Correct. yeah Bonkers. That's a lot, yeah. but they need it to eat all of that krill. They eat so much krill. See our previous episode. Yes. Also, just before you announce the least baleen ones, I will also say that a blue whale, even though it is a smaller mouth than a right whale, their baleen is also very long. It's not as yes. long as a bowhead or a right whale's baleen, but it is also way longer. And then again, a big appreciation for mouth. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, we've seen blue whale jaws, and you can fit like, I don't know, 20 people in there? Yeah, it was like a whole class of elementary school students. Yeah. 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 Um, and then the least amount of baleen, again, gray whales, 130 to 180 plates per rack, which is still impressive mm -hmm. to have yeah. that much uh, fingernails in your mouth. And then we wanted to sort of finish up our discussion of baleen with just a couple of kind of fun facts about baleen and baleen whales. Which, uh, rapid fire, baleen whales did evolve from a toothed whale ancestor. So teeth came before baleen. Baleen is kind of like the newer branch of all cetaceans. That makes sense because they evolved, like all whales evolved from land animals. Oh yeah, that's true. Presumably had teeth, yeah. not baleen, because baleen on land would be um, challenging. <laughs> yep. Um, and then some of the early mysticies. I found this fact and I found it in multiple reputable sources, but I couldn't find the actual names of any of these ancestors. But 
I'll keep looking, and if I find them, we'll update the pod one day. Um, some of the early Mississippi ancestors had both baleen and functional teeth, which would just be, like, really cool. I've heard that too, but yeah, again, who knows where. Uh, the number, obviously we talked about numbers being super variable, but the size and color of baleen plates are unique for each whale species as well. So I've seen dark gray baleen, yellowy baleen, white baleen, kind of like black, full, full black, like yeah, black teeth. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, maybe they're born with it. They are. <laughs> I was going to do a Maybelline <laughs> reference and I couldn't figure it out because it was the wrong way. Um <laughs> Maybe she's maybe born they're born with it. it. Maybe it's Baleen. Haha. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna make that the this social media quote. There you go. <laughs> maybe they're born with it. Maybe it's Baleen, but they are born with it. <laughs> and uh, I think we talked about this on a couple of different episodes, but not our teeth episode about how toothed whales they they develop their teeth the way that human babies do, and a lot of other mammalian babies as well so they're born with pretty gummy mouths baleen whales uh to the best of our knowledge again it's a much 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 harder to study Mm -hmm. like newborn baleen whale calves than it is newborn odontoses of any kind any kind of tooth uh but to the best of our our research to date it would suggest that baleen whale calves are born with at least some baleen already hanging from those racks i'm sure that it grows but you know we've never been able to train a baleen whale to just like open up their mouth on a signal and let us measure them yeah yeah interesting that made, must make breastfeeding or nursing, like nursing hard for the, yeah. yeah or like yeah. it's scratchy yeah scratchy yeah. scratchy yeah. yeah yeah but i guess like the whole thing about baleen is that they can like make a vacuum like make some suction to push some so maybe water it out. helps maybe. so like it's kind of like the same but backwards of and i think the fact vacuum? that they don't have any on the lower jaw so if, it, if yeah, they are born too. with it but it's short the fact that their mm-hmm. lower jaw doesn't have any would still yeah. help with creating the suction yeah true yeah. true now I'm just thinking about short, like somebody cut their bangs really badly. <laughs> it's like a bad fringe of Bailey. That's yeah. adorable. That's so cute. <laughs> Those are our fun, uh, our fun and hopefully interesting facts about Bailey. I learned things. So oh, there indeed. you go. Before we continue with the rest of the episode, we wanted to take a moment to tell you about how you can support our podcast and everything we do at Whale Tales. You can join us by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash whaletales. You can come join us for a dollar a month at the porpoise level, $5 a month at the dolphin level, or $10 a month at the whale level. And each level comes with a variety of perks, including uh, the ability to vote in polls for what we're going to do on future episodes, thank you cards signed by all three of us, access to extended interviews and stories with guests that just make our episodes a little too long for our regular feed. You can even produce your own fun flipper fact segment and decide on some random question that you want me to do a really, really deep dive into. Plus, our whale-level patrons get access to a special Patreon-only podcast, Whale Tales Watches, where we watch a movie or show of some ambivalent marine quality and talk about (laughs) what they got right and what they got wrong from a biological accuracy standpoint in our latest whale tales watch we watched the meg 2 so you don't have to (laughs) yep accurate (laughs) 
do you hate bailing? Well, you can watch this movie and see teeth, <laughs> but I don't think it'll make you feel better. No. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of your, our patrons. You are amazing. Yes, agreed. If you aren't able to support us financially, there are still things you can do to help us out. You can leave us a rating or a review on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, which will help other people find us. And you can also just tell your cetacean-y, science-y podcast friends all about the podcast and everything we do at Whale Tales so that they can join along. We would love to have them. You can also follow us on social media at whaletales underscore org. Plus, you can send us your feedback so that we can keep making the podcast even better. And now it's time for Fun Flipper Fact. Fun Flipper Fact. It's time for a Fun Flipper Fact. Yeah. It wasn't my best song, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You're out of practice. We had, I don't know if anybody else has noticed, but we recorded a lot of podcasts. We did. <laughs> the last two months. So maybe you just need a, a little break. I do. Today's Fun Flipper Fact is about baleen whales, but it's not about baleen. Oh. And it's a fast one. Fast, fun, flipper, fact. We've got baleen whales have two blowholes, which are really, really, really evolved nostrils, as we've talked about in the past, um, from like the their ancestors' nose migrating all the way to the top of their head. So they have two blowholes on the top of their head for their blow to come out, whereas toothed whales only have one blowhole on the top of their head and what this means from a fun flipper fact perspective if you don't just think that you know the number of ancient nostrils that a whale has on its head is fun enough well having two blowholes instead of one means that a baleen whale's blows when they come up to breathe are bigger and bushier than those of toothed whales who have just the one blowhole and since we started today's episode with a weird, like, maybe baleen whales are named after mustaches, I thought the idea of bushier blows <laughs> was funny. So a funny, okay. fast, fun flipper fact. Ta-da! You did it! <laughs> Alliteration for all. Now, a whale tail! <laughs> what are the odds? Um, <laughs> Very high. Today's whale tail comes from Maria, who we have heard from before. She has previously worked at Azores explorations but this is from her time in 2018 when she went on a midnight sun tour in iceland um and saw humpbacks for the she saw humpbacks for the first time there and they were feeding i'll tell you the rest hello everybody for this episode of baleen whales i would like to share some memories from when i spent a few weeks while watching in iceland it was the first time that I traveled alone and it was a big adventure for me. By that time I was yet a biology student and following my passion for the whales I spent a couple of weeks in Iceland as a friend of mine was working as a whale watching guide. So as you can imagine I jumped on the boat as much as I was offered the chance. And I am thankful that it was a lot. As some of you may know, whale watching season in Iceland is mostly happening in summer. You could see whales year round, but in summer you can see the most, as the ones who left for the winter breeding season are back and feeding around the fjord. Summer in Iceland means that you barely get any night time. The sun is up, 
more than 20 hours a day. This allows tour operators to work from early in the morning until past midnight and have a very special tour called the Midnight Sun Tour, starting past 9 p.m. The bay where Husebeek is located, and I'm sorry, but I'm not gonna try to pronounce that, <laughs> is stunning. And from the sea, you can see the snowy fjords, the hills with this violet carpet from the summer flowers, the small village of Husebeek, and the whales. And on top of that, it is midnight and the color of the sky is these yellow apples that makes you feel that you are in a dream. Try to picture that. It is a memory that you won't forget. I was lucky enough to see humpback whales on every tour that I went out on. And I got to see also minke whales northern bottlenose whales, which are actually beaked whales, and white-beaked dolphins. I felt very blessed, but most of the time the humpback whales were the ones to win the most attention. Remember that summer is feeding season in the northern hemisphere, and this meant that they were very busy filling their bellies and growing back all this blubber that they had lost during the winter. Humbugs have a notorious way of feeding. They have several techniques to fill their mouths with the small schooling fish and crustaceans that they prey. I couldn't see proper bubble netting, which is when they cooperate to gather fish inside of a sort of net that they ha they make blowing bubbles. But I could see them diving for fish and blowing bubbles in a less coordinated, but I guess equally efficient way. You could see them diving in pairs or alone, and then before you saw the whale coming back to the surface, a lot of bubbles would emerge first. All this action, together with a lot of birds trying to get their part, was an amazing sighting. I thought that during the feeding season, humpback whales were focused on the food rather than the interaction with the others, so I wasn't expecting any aerial performance like breaching or fin slapping. And I was mistaken. We saw one of them lobtailing non-stop for what felt like a long time. I had never seen a humpback whale before that trip to Iceland, and finding how huge but acrobatic and agile and loud these animals were really, really got me. I will always remember all those sightings in Iceland with deep love. I would like to thank uh, Nachoria and Jelton Giants for their generosity because without them I would never have had this experience. No, Maria, that was amazing. Yeah, thank you. Ugh, so good. Ugh.
Before we wrap up the podcast, as always, we'd like to share something that you can do to help the whales and the ocean around you. And I wanted to draw your attention to a page that you might not have seen on our website before about animals in distress. Uh, Lindsay had the misfortune, I guess, of seeing a, um, a seal mm. in distress uh, this summer. It was and not so in sort distress. Of, it, well, yes, it, it was, was deceased. It was deceased. Aww. Deceased. Deceased seal. Um, but yeah, figured we would... Um, share this resource with you. We've collected here a whole bunch of different phone numbers, rescue organizations that you can call for. Some of them are generic wildlife ones. Some of them are specific to marine mammals. Um, and yeah, it's like a great sort of regional um, listing of ways that you can help. And if you have organizations that you know of that are local to you that aren't listed on our website, you can also reach out to us. There's, comment, there's a comment field on that page that you can um, mm-hmm. add your own. And we will add your local marine mammal rescue org to our list. Yeah. So this is for strandings, mm-hmm. entanglements, and then also if you see a dead animal. Um, mm-hmm. Just a reminder to do call these numbers and don't approach any animal yes. that you think might be in danger, marine or otherwise. Um, call them and they mm-hmm. will tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes they're not in distress. And also yes. sometimes if they are in distress, you approaching them can be dangerous for you or for the animal and make the situation worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that brings us to the end of our episode. We would love to hear your thoughts on this or any episode. So please visit our website, whale-tales.org and find links to our various social media handles so that you can drop us a line. You can also head to our website to subscribe to the podcast, learn about supporting us, learn about how you can help marine mammals in distress, learn about becoming a patron, and also check out almost 1300 whale, dolphin, and porpoise stories. Uh, I just wanted to pop in to say Mm. that we have had a lot of amazing episodes this summer and we've got a pretty stellar lineup coming up Mm -hmm. as well. So this is the time. Catch up on the backlog and get ready for some crazy times. I don't know if they're going to be crazy, but I'm expecting them to be full of cetaceans. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So our website, whale-tales.org. Tales like the story, not tales like the animal. And if you've seen a citation, we would love to add your story to our library. You can click the share link on our website. You can contact us on social media at whaletales underscore org, or you can email us a voice memo and tell us all about your incredible citation encounter. Another thing I wanted to add, because I keep thinking of things, is that we do also have a YouTube channel. If you are wanting to listen to our episodes on YouTube, because of that's what you want to do, they are all there. We also have some fun uh, whale encounter videos and some shorts. And yeah, Whale Tales BC, I think, is what we're at over there. So, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, check us out there if that's what you're into. Finally, we want to acknowledge that we recorded today's episode on the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples and the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, as well as the homelands of the Tawasan First Nation. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening, and we hope you have a whaley great day. <laughs>